from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, we're talking about Lady Gaga's new documentary. Was it Yas Gaga Yas or Na Gaga Na? We'll also be talking about our comfort levels with touching. Mm. And I'm going to be talking about alleged Hollywood scum and the people who love them. So last episode, we gave you listeners a homework assignment to watch Lady Gaga's new documentary, Five Foot Two. And you better have bloody done it. I'm saying, and I'm waiting on my apple. Yeah. So we're about to get into it. If you didn't do the homework, shame on you. Yeah. And also, I'll explain a little bit about what the documentary revealed. Enabler. I know. <laughs> so the documentary follows Lady Gaga. She records her last album, Joanne. I don't know her. <laughs> She also prepares for the Super Bowl halftime show. She struggles with fame, and she tries to manage extreme pain caused mm. by fibromyalgia. That's some real stuff, mm-hmm. as we saw in the documentary. Yeah. Ooh, it's brutal. And going into it, I don't know about you guys, but like I used to be a Gaga fan way back. Mm-hmm. I went to the Monsters Ball in mm. 2009. Oh, you did? I was there. How was that? It was great because I knew the choreography for Bad Romance. Like, uh. I was into it. And then Born This Way came out, and I was like, I don't know. And then I dropped off. And I haven't really... We all dropped we off. We all did. She, so I was a fan. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed her music, her early music. And then I felt like she was trying to find herself as an artist. And then it just sort of... We, we lost touch. Yes. Mm. Jam, though it may be, anyone who records a duet with R. Kelly called Do What You Want to My yeah, Body. Yeah, that was... It was... Yeah. You know I what? I forgot about that. that. I forgot about mm-hmm. that dark period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scrap the segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a big fan. Like... I oh, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, actually, but I so vividly remember watching on TV the first like live performance I'd ever seen her do, and it was at the Glastonbury Festival. It would have been mm-hmm. pre-2011, because I remember watching it in England, and 2011's when I moved over here, and I was just blown away. It's bloody brilliant. I'm hearing Just Dance in my head now. Oh, she did all of that Just Dance, Paparazzi, Bad oh, Romance. Yeah. It was funny. It had like this knowing sense of humor to it. It was before she disappeared up her own ass with Art Pop. If you make an album called Art Pop, it'd better be <laughs> arty yeah. and it was not it was I, mean, I, I i was noticing during the documentary that she has that tattooed on her arm committed to that flop yeah i, <laughs> I don't know i was like is this if you yeah she was like never make a bad album again <laughs> why no forever <laughs> oh, right that's there. a good one though i know it's really good so like documentaries like this celebrity documentaries are kind of all in my mind at least spawning from truth or dare madonna's mm-hmm. 1991 documentary mm. and now they have kind of a specific framework that was like established by madonna where it's like okay you tell a few secrets that you've never told before. You cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. You confess some more. You cry a little bit more. And then you try to sell your music. Yeah. You ultimately emerge stronger. Interesting that you mentioned Madonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, that brings me to what Gaga said about Her Majesty. The thing with like me and Madonna, for example, is that I admired her always. And I still admire her, no matter what she might think of me. (laughs) No, I do. Yeah. The only thing that really bothers me about her is that I'm Italian and from New York, you know? So, like, if I got a problem with somebody, I'm gonna tell you to your face. 
But no matter how much respect I have for her as a performer, I could never wrap my head around the fact that she wouldn't look me in the eye and tell me that I was reductive or whatever. So she's never like given you a call and been no, like, no, no, no. Like doing? I saw it on TV. Telling me that you think I'm a piece of shit through the media is like, it's like a guy passing me like a note through his friend. My buddy thinks you're hot. Here's his like, f you. Like, where's your buddy? Fucking throwing me up against the wall and kissing me. Right. Like, I just want Madonna to push me up against the wall and kiss me and tell me, tell me I'm a piece of shit. I was hurt by it. I was like, Madonna, you hurt my feelings. I know. Right? I <laughs> loved what she said about hearing that criticism from Madonna. Because can you imagine growing up being such a fan of this superstar, getting to, I would say, almost her level, mm -hmm. like uh, in terms of success, certainly musically. Like, yeah. I'm right. just going to put it out there. Lady Gaga can sing so much better than Madonna. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. Like, as a talent, I think might have surpassed her idol. And then hearing the woman that you have loved for decades talking shit about and you. And calling you reductive. reductive. Mm. But then she, she, she came back and she was like, you know, I'm Italian. If you got something to say, <laughs> you can say it to my face. Yeah. I was like, you know what, Gaga? <laughs> you and I can be friends. The scene, it's like at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And she's sitting on a curb. And then this guy who she's talking to is like kind of out of frame. Mm -hmm. They look pretty drunk. Oh, yeah. yeah. And some more. And it was kind of reminding me of like sophomore year in college where like the bar is closed. So you have to move to the stoop improvise. or the, the curb. You gotta improvise. And you're with someone you just met mm -hmm. or someone who's like kind of in your class that you've seen once or twice. New Bay FF. And mm -hmm. you tell them every secret about your mom, your dad, your sister and your friend. And it's all really heartfelt, but it's like kind of sloppy. And so I was worried about the whole documentary being like that and mm -hmm. like her feeling the pressure of a truth or dare to be like super confessional and earnest. But it turned into something else. What I found really interesting was that straight after she says that, she says to the whoever is filming, you can't use any of that. Yes. So I think, what happened there? Yes. Well, apparently I read this Q&A with the director and he did go back and show her that footage and be like, well, you say not mm. to put it in. What do you think? And she said she yes. She approved it. She said, whatever. He also had to do that with scenes of her in immense pain because it's very sensitive, well, like her in the doctor's mm. office and all yeah. that stuff. And she apparently said, like, I want to show my life. This is part of it. So show it. Those scenes gave me a lot of respect for her because mm -hmm. she pushes through so much pain to do the Super Bowl or to just walk out of her door. Where there are fans everywhere, specifically this one fan. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. This creepy fan who keeps being like, Mommy. What was that about? Oh. Mommy. Mommy. Is it Mommy. Mommy, and she follows her everywhere. What was like, that about? That's the mummy monster no. thing, isn't well, cause it? Well, because that's what I thought. I yeah. thought, well, you know, they call her mummy monster or whatever. So I thought that that was, but I was like, this is still this. This is a little role playing that's gone. Yeah. It's creepy. Like, a little past. What we calling yeah. people celebrities, drag queens, whatever. Mom is a thing, but like mommy in that voice is so creepy, mm. and I hated it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like. Gaga is suffering through pain, and then she has to hear that, which is painful in a different way. Mm. Mommy. You said something earlier that I just want to kind of touch on. I was also afraid when the documentary first started. Yes. Because when it first started, she was like, she. I really appreciate how raw she was. She was like sweatpants. Oh, yeah. Let me like with my leotard on I'm and no vanished. makeup. And I'm just like, and so, and then she, when she started spilling secrets, I was like, oh, no. Like, Gaga, don't, you know, because the last documentary that I watched about somebody who was not a pop star, but is a celebrity in his own right, was Wiener. 
Anthony? Yes. Anthony Weiner's documentary? And the entire Prison time. Prison oh. He is Doing now. Hard time. He is now in custody. Uh, but the entire time that I watched it, I was just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. why, are you do, why are you doing this? And mm-hmm. I felt like he did it in the same vein of sort of like trying to rebound his career by trying mm-hmm. to be as vulnerable as possible, yeah. but also exposing himself as a real creepster. He already exposed himself enough. We can all agree on that. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying, spoiler alert, Gaga's documentary didn't go down like that. And I Thank actually, goodness. I actually ended with more respect and wanting to listen to Joanne. I didn't get that far, but I, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, let's not get carried. Away. I like her as a person, but but in terms songs... of the pain, like that was the point at which I felt like a little bit voyeuristic because yeah. there is something like almost pornographic about watching someone in that degree of pain, and like you could tell it clearly wasn't being amped up for the cameras. Like she looks dreadful. Mm-hmm. She's you know totally unvarnished. She's like sweating with pain. She has like a sheen on her, and you feel like you are not meant to be here. You are not meant to be watching this, but yet you are. Yeah. And she wants you to watch it. Another moment like that is when she plays a song about her aunt, Joanne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who passed away from complications of lupus. And she takes the song to her grandmother. And they both look at a portrait of Joanne and listen to the song about her. Mm-hmm. And that was another moment where, like, it seems like the grandmother's trying to, like, keep it together mm-hmm. because there's a camera there. Gaga's dad is there. He walked out. He had to go yeah. into the bathroom to cry. I was crying. Yeah, I, me too. I shed a tear. Between that and the comeback of This Is Us, I was like <laughs> in tears all you week. You are a wreck. <laughs> but that, but I'm saying when I heard that song, it made me want to hear the rest of the album. And then I was like, okay, I get it. Because all I know is she was bouncing around with a pink cowboy hat on. Right. And I was like, who is Joanne? Like, yeah. I, I don't know who who is this person. Yeah. And so that hearing the title track made me want to hear the rest of the album. It's funny because I had a slightly different take on that. I would never denigrate Lady Gaga for doing this or call herself indulgent. But I did note the difference in reaction between Gaga and the grandma that she was playing the song for. And let's not forget, the grandma is the mother of the girl who mm. died. Yeah. And she's coming to her grandma and you know, very sweetly kind of holding out the iPhone with like this tinny song playing out of it mm. and holding it up to the grandma's ear and saying, I wrote this song about your dead daughter, mm-hmm. about my aunt. And Lady Gaga is crying her eyes out and she's actually holding her hand to her chest in that kind of like performing emotion, performing sorrow way. It's very stagey. It's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. doubt the sincerity of it, but it was just so interesting contrasting the emotional response between Lady Gaga listening to her own song, by the way, yeah. and that she was playing for... She was like, ain't it good? Exactly. Yeah, did good? I, and then, yeah, it's so did telling. I it? Did I Did I get yeah. it? Did I do it well? And then the grandma doesn't cry at least not so you can see on the camera it's not like sobs and it was so interesting that she kind of like clasps Lady Gaga to her and the grandma says don't get maudlin over this don't allow this to make you maudlin she says something like the 19 years we had with Joanne were wonderful she hasn't been forgotten and Mm -hmm. it was almost like a little check from the previous generation of like Mm -hmm. I know this is how you show your emotion but this isn't how we get down this isn't how we do it that's something my grandmother would be like first of all get these cameras out of here (laughs) okay (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we will not be doing that. And there was that element of like perform, Grandma. I, you know, react to this song I have written for you. I don't know. That was the one of the moments where I thought, mm, interesting. You think Madonna watched? 
Well, she's going to hear about it at least. And I fear for Gaga because Madonna's not mature enough to just like keep it cute, not say anything. No. She's going to lash out in some way. And if Madonna did what Nicki Minaj just did with Cardi B, oh, it say. would be fine. You act gracious even if you don't feel that way. Yeah. Because otherwise you look sad. Yeah. Be the bigger woman. You look like the one who's like, well, I paved the way and I'm going to keep reminding you of it. And you can't walk the road that I paved. Well, you would think that. What'd you pay I... for if you don't want anyone <laughs> coming after you? Look at my paves. <laughs> I would. I would think that Nicki Minaj and I don't know her I don't know I don't know that woman but I would like to think that she has learned from the strife and the back and forth between her and little Kim Mm -hmm. that like no good can come of this yeah Mm -hmm. and you just end up looking like bitter like you said because little Kim paved the way for her but it did make me think about like all of these people who have paved the way and how they feel when someone else comes skipping down their road and why is it such a well? An that's issue. how the documentary starts. She's talking about how fame like killed the lives of these blondes. Yeah. She talks about Marilyn. Yeah, she she talk talks about, about Anna Nicole Smith. And then who does she talk about afterwards? I know who. Oh, tell me. Okay, so for reference, she names yes. a bunch of names, and then she looks at the guy, and she stops herself, and then she says, "You know who?" Yeah. And then she like talks about something yeah. else. Brittany. No, it's Amy Winehouse because they were friends. Oh. oh, how do you know that? I just know it in my spirit. <laughs> like it feels true. I feel it in my soul. Like once she said it, I like immediately knew. Now we'll never hear them together. Now, now I'm kind of mm. wanna, yeah. Remix. Well, if Tupac is still making albums, so, yeah, yeah, it's possible. I have a couple of miscellaneous thoughts. I would love to run by you. Grab bag. A little feedback. Yeah. Number one, I laughed a lot when she was filming uh, the video for Perfect Illusion out in the desert in Palmdale, oh. and she's dressed pretty normally. And she says to her styling team, do you think some of my older fans will be disappointed that I'm not dressed up? Yeah. And I just thought, older fa- I'm an older fan? So for, see, this is where you went. You went there. I thought she was talking about the Tony Bennett crowd. Because you know <laughs> oh. she's been on this whole like glam throwback, cheek to cheek, Tony Bennett like vibe. And so I thought she was talking about this new like fan base that she's acquired. Because she's got the pipes. How interesting. I thought she was talking about the older millennial crowd that remember the meat Oh, dress. that was just me refusing to be old. Because I was like, <laughs> she ain't talking about me, honey. Like, I'm still young. Forever young. Interesting. Okay. Another note. Did you not love the fashion on display at the uh, the baptism that she attends? Oh, honey. It is pure Life. Goodfellas. Life. It's amazing. It's like New Jersey Italians. They could be out of the 60s or the 70s. It is wonderful. Gave me life. And they get into a vintage oh. Robin's egg colored Mercedes or something. She, throughout the whole beautiful. film, she was driving vintage vehicles, which she then crashed into her producer's bins. Yes. I, I love that rich people can laugh about that because I would have been pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. She I'd totals like, like Mark Ronson's fender and said, he's like, is um, it bad? <laughs> do you have AAA? Like, yeah. run me my cash. He asks if it's bad and she's like, yeah, it's real bad. And they're like, okay, and anyway. They, yeah. they giggled and continued. He's like, I'm Mike Ronson. I'm really rich. It's fine. Must be nice. I've always found him very annoying, actually, but I really liked him. He was really cute (laughs) in this. He was really lovely. And then she hugs him and she's like, sorry, I'm crying. I'm a girl. And then he said, sorry, I'm a neurotic Jew. He's uncomfortable (laughs) with close contact. I've always found his transatlantic accent really annoying because he's, uh, I think, like, grew up in Britain, but is American or maybe vice versa. Um, Mm. Fun fact, his lesbian sister, Sam Sam. Ron, 
used to date Lindsay Lohan. Really? Yes. And of course, Mark Ronson was responsible or partly responsible for Amy Winehouse. Back to See Black. the connection? They were friends. So, so you know, many levels. It was interesting to hear her talk. And the one thing that I remember talking about when they introduced him early into the in the documentary was she talked about like how much she enjoyed working with him mm-hmm. and talked about how she has felt powerless on some level working with other male producers and other men in her space. And it was like, wow, you think about Lady Gaga, powerless is sort of like not a word that I would associate with her. Mm. And then to be like, oh, well, girl, even you behind the scenes mm-hmm. got to let them know and stand That's up for creative vision. Right? I was <laughs> like, <laughs> but I did take my tidbits from there when she said, well, yes, I'll, I'll be sex kitten, but I'm going to do it while I'm wearing a meat dress. Yes. <laughs> while I'm, I was like, yes, honey. Yeah, she can be very funny and self-aware. Totally. And when she was talking about all of that, she said a quote that stuck with me, which was she was talking about all these producers who try to take girls who are musicians and turn them into like sex objects to like be taken advantage of Mm -hmm. if they produce their records. Mm -hmm. Hello, Dr. Luke. Ooh. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. So she said, I'm not a receptacle. Mm -hmm. And then she paused and I'm like, yes. (laughs) And then she's like, for your pain. (gasps) I'm not a place to put it. And she also said in the movie that her threshold for caring about what men think is non-existent. Uh, she's like, I just don't have one. That was literally like, I was going to say minute one, but it was actually like second 30. It was, yeah, she talked about turning 30 and she's like, I just don't care anymore. Mm. She drives by all these young kids getting out of school and she's wearing her pink hat <laughs> and her old vehicle. And she says, oh, these people don't even know me. I'm 30. I'm too old for them. Oh, like, God. So there's like an embrace of like, anonymity but also like irrelevance mm. in that moment and I, I liked that she was aware right? of that yeah and like it wasn't like sad or upsetting it was just like it is well, what whatever. it is talking of men's bullshit always the fact that her ex-fiance mm-hmm. and this is all captured on the camera sends her flowers just before mm-hmm. she's about to perform at the super bowl and you can see her face reading the yeah. card that comes with the flowers. You get to see it. Unless she's like a phenomenal actress. I don't know. I haven't watched American Horror Story. But unless she is so good at performing that again about reading the card and realizing who has sent it, it is tough to watch. Like the color her drains turn. from her face. Yeah. yeah. On the surface, it seems like a nice move on his part. Nope. But under the surface, it's a power play to get in her head right before her moment. I'm so glad you said that because you know what would have been nice? After. Or the day before, not flowers, Mm -hmm. a text saying, I wish you the best for tomorrow. I didn't want to contact you on the day because I know you're going to be on the zone. Go for it. That would have been a very nice thing to do, Taylor Kinney. Right? You know what else was a power play that messed with my head? What? Watching her stylist work for however long they worked with 12 hands on her to give her that messy bun before she showed up to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was like, listen. Or the entire film being like, okay, we have the design team. Let's have a meeting. So it's going to be white shirts and the same shorts. That's Meanwhile, it. I'm not wearing a shirt at all during this entire scene. There was, there's a lot of Gaga on display. Mm-hmm. It's revealing both emotionally and physically. I also loved when she went to Walmart and she was like, hey, where are the Lady <laughs> yeah. Gaga CDs? And then the guy's like, Lady who? <laughs> She's literally wearing a top that says Lady Gaga on it as well. Yes, That's she the best is. thing about it. The first that. guy literally gave no F. Like, he was like, I don't know who He's you like, are. look, man, I but, just work it. But then two minutes later, he's, he's like, like, I'm the one she talked to first. She talked to I'm me the first. One. 
It's like you didn't know who she was, and you only have four copies of her brand new CD. No, and the guy was like, "I don't want to be filmed. Turn it off." And then he was like, "Oh, it's you." Oh. <laughs> Cut the cameras back. Yeah. Put it on. Let me get my moment. <laughs> I will say it looked beautiful, like as a documentary film. It, yeah. The cinematography was gorgeous. I loved that opening shot of her, like legs lifting off. That you, mm. it takes you like a minute to realize that that's her being winched into the air right. um, for the Super Bowl. Like I all just those, got chills. All those it's slow motion shots, shot. the baptism. Did like, you watch her Super Bowl performance? I, I did. I, saw it. I didn't watch it when I was watching all this. Oh, stuff, it I cuts was like, right before it, right? Yeah, yeah, and I didn't. I you know. I guess I was boycotting the NFL way before then. I didn't watch that. Too you were long. taking a knee on the yeah. whole Joanne right, era. You were so prescient. <laughs> One last fun little moment was when Florence of Florence and oh, the Machine. Oh, Florence Welsh. Yeah, yeah. She comes in and. Oh, is that who that was? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, oh. and they're trying to take a photo for Instagram or something. And then Lady Gaga's about to post it. And then she was like, don't you get intense anxiety putting that out to yes. 18 million people? And then Lady Gaga's like, looks at the camera and is like, Why did you now I do <laughs> And I'm like, Instagram anxiety is with all of us, even if you're famous. It's universal. I love it. it really Stars, is. they're just like us. <laughs> Except we don't have millions of followers. Yeah, no. Yet. Or even millions of dollars. No. I've got dollars. Yet. <laughs> I love that I did not know that that was Florence and Florence. You're kneeling on her, too. Right? I was just Hiding like, plain sight. this redhead has pipes. <laughs> <laughs> so, parting question. Do you guys give it a yas, gaga, yas? Mm. A meh, gaga, meh? Or a, nah, gaga, nah. <laughs> I kind of just want wow. you to say that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, the listeners can just remind you as many times as they want. I would say it's a very interesting hour and 40 minutes. You don't have to be a Gaga f- super fan to enjoy it. I'd say yas, gaga, yas. Okay. Jamidra? Let me think about this. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> lowercase yas? Mm. <laughs> yes, I'll do the lowercase yas, gaga yas. Because, well, you know what? I guess I got to give her the uppercase because it made me want to listen. I still haven't listened. Right. But it made me want to listen to jo- Joanne. And it made me be like, why do I not have more gaga in my life? And then I remember our pop. But I'm mm. like, I'm hoping that this is the turn. Like, she's, I'm, I'm imagining her on a sailboat and she's she's got a new wind, mm-hmm. hopefully. We'll see. And I'm going to give it. I'll give it a yas. If you can make me cry twice in your documentary and I haven't listened to three of your past albums, you did the damn thing. Doing something right. So hope you enjoyed this little session. I bet you did if you did the homework. If you did the homework. If you didn't. That'll teach you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're tough. I know. I like tough teachers. Those are the ones you remember. Yes. Guys, you know I love a good scientific paper. Mm. Uh, Give me a thesis. Oh, the journals. Especially Hypothesis. one called The Topography of Social Touching Depends on Emotional Bonds Between Humans. Uh. <laughs> Wake up, Emmanuel. Oh, Demidra, you too. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here. Isn't it lucky that we have the nation's press to turn it into something sexier about no touching the countries mm-hmm. that like and dislike some physical contact the most? Oh. Let's find out which nationalities like contact most. So this is where I find out where I truly belong, yes? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But where my people are. Yeah. Okay, so it's not a comprehensive worldwide study. University of Oxford and uh, Finland's Alto University. Sounds uh, legit. Yeah. Got 1,300 people from Finland, France, Italy, Russia, and the UK. Hey, that's me. And they, So no Antarctica? None. A lot of touching down there, I can imagine. <laughs> 
what it's called. Gotta stay warm. Penguins. Wait, are the penguins in Antarctica? Yeah. yeah. And if you know if there are penguins in Antarctica, tweet us. So they asked uh, 1,300 uh, people where they would be comfortable with different types of folks touching them. Strangers, family members, friends, and romantic partners. Okay. Like, where on your body... Are your limits Ooh, so nipple or no? Pretty, yeah. They could have just called it nipple or no. Yeah. <laughs> and for the purposes of this segment, that's what we'll be okay. referring to Great. the paper as. Quoth Oxford University's Robin Dunbar, who co-authored the study, we were a bit surprised at how reluctant men were to be touched compared to women. Mm. And so basically, they made this heat map that cross-references the nationalities mm. versus the areas of the body that they were comfortable with. Oh, I've got a visual. This is the best thing. In an Atlantic article that kind of sums up this paper, it says, unsurprisingly, no one wanted relatives of either gender to touch their genitals. (laughs) Surprisingly. No shit. No, no, no. Funnily enough, neither the French nor the Russians nor the Italians nor the Brits were comfortable with this. Which, amongst those countries, do you think was the most cuddly that likes the touching? Is it the Finns? Mm. Is it the French? Or is it the Russian? French. French. It's the Finns. <gasps> really? It's cold there. Winter's ah, coming. That's true. Okay. Which country do you think likes touching least? Russia. Russia. Lies. It's my countryman. Ah. The Brits. Oh, oh yeah. But you gave I us three you, options. I you gave us the Oh, options. yeah. I was just cutting it down. I'm still those <laughs> options. I can only hold three options in my head at a time. I thought, Got it. I thought you were the same. Forgive me for trying to help mm-hmm. you out. Um, apparently head touching was like a particular thing like guys don't even like to be touched by strangers on the back of the head I can fully empathize with that neither I, do black women like, it's just don't touch our hair stay away in airports or otherwise <laughs> don't touch there's nothing in there just don't don't just go don't looking do around in there oh god I just like the idea that like the head would be like the least offensive place to be touched it like sends shivers down my spine it's such like an intimate place oh. for me Solange wrote a whole song about this didn't know that. Tell me more. Don't touch my hair. Oh. I feel like I heard head. someone say something to the effect of, I carry my brain around in here. There we go. <laughs> someone touched my head unasked for a stranger in a bar. And like genuinely, it was like one of the worst things that they could have done. It was horrible. They're dead now, right? They are dead. Okay. <laughs> I killed them. <laughs> but it felt great. So how do you feel, folks, about touchy touchy like are you are you a hugging greeter are you um, a greeting hugger i hug everybody I know. and people are really like surprised by when i meet them i'll be like hey come on in here like they'll reach their hand out and i'll shake hands and then then depending on i look at the <laughs> eyes and i'm like mm, <laughs> can i share a cocktail with you okay come on in bring it in i'm just imagining you like some uncle like come here come here <laughs> Pretty much me. I've actually seen you in effect, and sometimes you announce when you're approaching, oh, I hug. Yes. And then you hug. <laughs> oh, I like that. I have this weird thing with straight guys mm-hmm. who like to do a weird handshake. You don't know what you're going to get. Oh. It's like, I don't know when you guys had the convention where you all decide which of the hand things happen. Masons. So I try to hug straight men because it just avoids that whole thing. Oh, really? So I'm just going to. It's You're going like, to hug me. So it's we're just more gonna... awkward. And they usually keep the hug like double tap real quick. Double I... tap. Like, you good? Yeah, exactly. Fun fact. Like on Instagram. Yeah. Husband did to me on our first date, which is why. Double tap? He almost double. didn't get a second date. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> almost got shown the door. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. But I would say in general, I will hug most people. Interesting. Sometimes when the hug lasts too long, we live in San Francisco. Oh. There are some hippies among us. Mm. And they will hold it close, start rubbing my back <sighs> while going Mm. Oh. And I'm like, I 
just me. Have you ever just have you ever just gone limp on the hug and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm not I'm no longer hugging you. <laughs> and you fall to the ground. But you're still <laughs> slowly. <laughs> that is that's what I should do next time. Just fall to the ground. Yeah. But you like you go limp, you're like, okay, I thought it was over. Clearly it's not. Still happening. Still happening. So I'm it's just like gonna... one of those loading bars on a slow computer, yeah. <laughs> just like loading, loading, still loading. Still loading. Still lo- I have three issues with hugging. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn to like it as a Brit. It is not as common over there as it is here. I... What do you guys do? Yeah, how do you greet each other? Um, often I'll do a like a handshake with a friend. No, not with a friend. Oh, okay. Only um, you meet. But like, I I make it into a joke now with strangers. If I don't hug them, I've gotten better with just like hugging outright strangers. But if I do shake hands, and if you have the pleasure of shaking my hand mm. in public, <laughs> um, I'll often just make some very flippant, self conscious, like I'm British, so we have to do this. You will oh, hear me it. say that constantly, and it's like a kind of defense mechanism. I have three issues with hugging. Number one, I'm short, so often I kind of <laughs> just like. If they're very tall, I have to like clasp them around the waist, which gives the unfortunate impression of me being a toddler and then being the responsible adult at a barbecue. Mommy, <laughs> sign this. Mommy. Mommy. <laughs> Number two, I wear a lot of makeup. And so often is the time where a gentleman will be wearing like a nice shirt or a suit. I will be hugged into them and then pull back and have left a little kind of Turin shroud of makeup. <laughs> okay, so how do you how do you address that? Because I've been places where because I don't wear like foundation very often, but when I do, but when I do, <laughs> when I do, and I hug someone and I'll back up and I'll be like, oh shit, like yeah, should yeah. I? Should yeah. I say something? Dry cleaning bill oh, might be steep, yeah. so I'm not going to say anything. So it really does depend on how much I like them and where they're going. If I like them and say they're going to a funeral, I will attempt to brush off the makeup very quickly. Maybe go and get a napkin. But right. if I don't like them and they're not going anywhere special, I, I just away. leave it. And your face just follows them around for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. They you should be so I lucky. Got, I just got the memory of you, or should I say your gene butt print. On the wall <laughs> at that at that party you went to. That's a past episode. Oh man, that didn't say anything. That's a deep cut. That's a callback <laughs> to a previous episode where I told the story about how I uh, leaned up against a wall with a cocktail in my hand, thinking I looked really cool, and but my cheap cheap jeans <laughs> had left a kind of a an indigo stain on my friend's white walls. I walked away, said nothing, never saw them again. <laughs> it's the only way to be never sure. saw them again. No. I, oh I, wow! I t- I took off and I nuked the site from orbit. <laughs> My last issue with hugging is that I have this weird thing where I'll try and like scoop my right hand up yeah. to like hug them like that so I'm like so over one their arm shoulder down, one, one arm yay over shoulder. so it's just like tentacles everywhere and it's very strange and people aren't expecting it I have also accidentally kissed people full on the lips mm. without meaning to when you're hugging because they turned one way and I turned the other and our lips smashed lies you were just caught up in the moment Carly. I did that to an elderly <laughs> sculptor once in my first job whoa she was I know she got him into it I think she was like Hmm. Yeah. Do you want me to sculpt you, Carly? <laughs> she sculpted me like one of her French girls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, tricky territory, guys. I just think mm. that all the nuances of hugging and physical contact cannot be captured in one small thirteen hundred person study. I agree. Yeah. But we're going to take whatever we said in here today <laughs> as fact. Yeah. Yeah. We're not scientists, but we might as well be. Yeah. It's truthy. Feels true. Yeah. The nipple or not. This has been Nipple or Not. It's the Big and the Pick. Hey, the Big and the Pick. Hey. You know what that song means. It's time for our Pick and the Pick. So high and so low. Yes. Yes. Jamidra, 
What's the pit of this week? I'm going to take you down, way down. I think we know what this <laughs> is. Okay, so by now we've all heard about these allegations surrounding Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Basically, the story broke that he's been accused of some heinous things on the laundry list of things. Rape, sexual assault. Like, we're just, I'm not even going to get into it. The expose is pretty in-depth, so just Google it. You can find it. For those who don't know, Weinstein is a big shot in the film industry. Oh, yep. huge. Like, huge. I heard on the radio this morning that he's been thanked in people's Oscar speeches more times than God. That exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's a Hollywood fixture, which makes it even more incredible that these women are stepping forward, telling their stories. It's incredibly yeah. brave. Right? Especially when you're greeted by a public that's like, is it true though? We right? for it, maybe. So recently, like a lot of celebrities have come out and they've talked about how disappointed they are. This includes like Angelina Jolie, Judy Dench, Gwyneth Paltrow, Meryl Streep. She decried his behavior as disgraceful and inexcusable. So you know who didn't have anything positive to say of the alleged victims? Matt Damon. What? Oh, you don't know about oh, this? Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, he gets a pit too, and I'll I'll do it after you. Okay. So, uh, Donna Karen? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I don't know if you caught a snippet of what she said while she was being actually honored at an award ceremony for I, her life. I did. I, I wish I could unhear it. So, let's just listen to what she had to say. How do we display ourselves? How do we present ourselves as women? What are we asking? Are we asking for it? You know, by presenting all the sensuality and all the sexuality. It's not Harvey Weinstein. You look at everything all over the world today, you know, and how women are dressing and, you know, what they're asking by just presenting themselves the way they do. What are they asking for? Trouble. Trash. Yeah. So basically, she accused these women of being at fault or putting themselves in a certain situation by wearing something that was revealing. Because we all know that clothes, what you're wearing. Oh, yeah. Someone on Twitter posted a photo of women dressed in costume as The Handmaid's Tale. And it said, Donna Karen, spring 2018. She's a clothing designer. And as if her clothes are not at all revealed. Like, what are you talking about? She's not here for women. So wait, is that something to do with the fact that Georgina Chapman, the fashion designer, is married to Harvey Weinstein? Who I only know from Project Runway. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know the Weinstein company is involved with Project Runway. Oh, layers. Mm -hmm. Even Project Runway, I can't enjoy anything these days because evil people are involved in everything. Well, I don't know if they're still involved, but I do know the reason why they switched from, I think it was Bravo to Lifetime because there was a dispute with the Weinstein company a while ago. And I don't know if they got it ironed out or whatever, but I know that they're involved. The other person who didn't have anything positive in support of the women to say is attorney Lisa Bloom. Oh, that's his lawyer, right? She has made her career on protecting women. Not this time. Against, oh like, literally, if there, is a, if there is a male celebrity being accused of rape or sexual assault, Lisa Bloom is like, boom, I'm here. Can I represent you? Let's do the press conference. And she's Harvey Weinstein's lawyer. Well, she stepped down recently. So she stepped down recently because she realized that it wasn't a good look. Donna Karen has actually issued an apology saying that her words were taken out of context. Mm. We heard it. The classic out of context. Wendy Williams made a flipping comment about girls needing to watch where they need to go. And then Mm. she went on air the next day and basically tried to walk it back. So basically my pit this week goes to anybody who is willing to cut down these women before they even know the entire story. You don't know the story. So just like shut your mouth. And enough of the whole, like, well, I know him. He's my friend. And it's like, your friend is still capable of doing messed up stuff behind closed doors where he knows he has control over these women and their careers and that they won't say anything because he can never be taken down. We've seen this so many times. And the fact that people still don't believe women is infuriating. Back to Matt Damon. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I read... 
he denies this, so allegedly or whatever. Mm. But I believe it mm-hmm. because of that video where he mansplained racism oh, to that Project director. Green light. On green Project light. Greenlight. Oh. So since then, I've had a little like your side eye has been on him. I, I like page marked his face in my mind. I'm like, one more thing, and you're done. You're like, I'm coming back for you. So apparently in 2004, there was going to be a story published, an expose about all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm. And high-powered Hollywood elites put a kibosh on it. Mm -hmm. And one of these elites was Matt Damon. Allegedly. Well, here's the thing, though, right? So now he's been cut from his... And the same thing with Bill Cosby. Now he's been cut. People are trying to cut ties from him. People are like, his company is dropping him. And it's like, you also can get in the pit. Because you knew that it was going on mm-hmm. all this time. Yep. It's not about like doing the right thing. It's about doing the right thing while the public is watching. So right. now that we know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you got a conscience. All of this open secret stuff. I recall hearing rumors about Harvey Weinstein for years. That actress Gretchen Moll, who suddenly got really famous and then kind of really went away. Mm-hmm. People would kind of like mockingly refer to how she'd like slept her way to the top or got the casting couch treatment or something. And there's so much wrong with that phrase, the casting couch, because yeah. it kind of like makes it sound super consensual. And when there's abuse of power, it is not. Well, the, and when you talk about consensual, now I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up the <laughs> Here we go. Couch, okay? Because after these after the story broke harvey weinstein's lawyer threatened to first sue the times i think it was the new york times that broke it mm-hmm. he first threatened to sue them then he came out and issued this weird statement in which he talked about how he came up in a different time in the industry yeah. when things like that so were it's okay now okay and he's learned his lesson mm-hmm. and he doesn't behave that way anymore it's like are you serious so it's so when at what point in time was it okay to rape and sexually assault women? Like some of the allegations are really disgusting. Some suggested reading you might like to do is to Google for the email he had allegedly sent to his supporters mm. before being fired. He learned that the board of the Weinstein Company, his own company, were going to get rid of him and allegedly sent this email to his high-powered supporters saying, I need your support now. I need a letter of recommendation right now. You need to help me persuade them that I just need therapy. Yeah. So if you'd like to read Mm. an email allegedly written by a very powerful man, scraping and bowing before some other very powerful Mm -hmm. people to try and keep his job, I recommend Googling for that. So my pit, as I said, (laughs) goes to Harvey Weinstein and anybody who is willing to cut down these women before they even know the whole story. You guys can just go. I've dug it already. Mm -hmm. To the left, to the left. Just fall in. (laughs) Hop on in there. (laughs) Good day, sir. Not to reopen the wound already, (laughs) but one final addendum is a pit to all the people on the Internet, elsewhere, saying, oh, where's Jennifer Lawrence? Where's this woman? Where's that woman? Where are all the men, too? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is it only on the women? Yeah. You guys are friends with him. Say something, Matt Damon. <laughs> well, since we keep opening the wound, <laughs> today the story broke that Brad Pitt mm-hmm. allegedly ran up on your boy. Step to him. After he made some moves toward Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Nuts. So, yeah, like what Jamidra said with the cherry on top before I ruined it, to the left in the pit. <laughs> you took the cherry off, you packed a little bit more icing underneath, and then banged the cherry back into place. Yes. So let's just rise out of that to the peak of the week. Okay. Muppets who tweet. How, what? Do you know how much I love the Muppets? Well, you're about to love them more. <gasps> we'll start with Chrissy Teigen, who is not a Muppet. No. I love some Chrissy. But she's funny. She recently posed a funny question to her Twitter followers. It is this. What is a tattoo you wanted when you were younger, but thankfully never got? Mm. And then she listed the baby fat symbol, which is oh my a cat outline. Oh. The paw prints Eve got on her breasts. Yeah. Mm. And Kermit. <laughs> 
We all know it's not easy being green. It's also not easy being dragged by Chrissy Teigen on Twitter. <gasps> so Kermit came out of his lily pad yeah, not, swamp, not whatever. Hmm. Yeah. And he tweeted the following. Official account, by the way. What? <laughs> Kermit official. <laughs> Woo! Glad to hear it. Now I don't feel so bad about not getting that Chrissy Teigen tattoo. <gasps> Check. Mate. Mate. I love it that Kerm- Kermit responded before Eve, though, because Eve is somewhere <laughs> laid up with her paws still. They're still there. Or Kamora Lee. <laughs> Kermit. So Chrissy read that, and she accepted the dragging that she got in return. And she posted, I think Kermit Loki dissed me. I love him even more now. <laughs> so she might be second-guessing her whole Kermit tattoo Maybe now. she'll get it anyway. Yeah. Two people I love mock beefing on my second favorite social media platform. Oh. Okay. So as most of you already know... Mm-hmm. Just like Carrie and Aiden and Buffy and Angel, mm. Kermit and Miss Piggy broke up a while ago. Yeah. So what's she up to these days? Uh, the glow up? Yes, yes, she is. She's also setting people straight on Twitter <laughs> while also trying to hook up. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. She she is thirsty. Mm-hmm. Lily Reinhardt, who plays Betty in the Archie comic spinoff Riverdale, mm-hmm. which I've seen because I was on a plane trapped <laughs> for 12 hours. I like how you justify it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw it, but. She recently tweeted, Dear Diary, I'm still thinking about how Miss Piggy walks all over Kermit and he lets her. It's so messed up, Diary. Miss Piggy <laughs> is not playing. Don't with come that. for me unless Miss, I stand for you. Miss Piggy has Miss Piggy set up as a search. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Miss Piggy tweets back. Tell your diary that moi has moved on from walking over the frog. I'm looking for someone new. You got Cole Sprouse's number? <gasps> Don't come for me unless I sent for you. She's going to be cast in the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Nene, move over. Okay. So for those who don't know, Cole Sprouse is the love interest of this girl on Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, hook it up with Cole yeah. Sprouse's number. And then Cole Sprouse comes in and he says, ladies, please. Oh. So Miss Piggy and Kermit are letting people know they that just because they're Muppets doesn't mean they won't clap back. <laughs> <laughs> so for our song of the week, it's by a band named Reaper. And mm-hmm. I tried to find more information about them on the internet. They're no longer alive. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't find out anything except for a Twitter account that makes it seem like he likes weed and memes. So uh, hi, Reaper. <laughs> I don't know how old he is. I don't know where he's from. All I know is that I like this song. It feels good in my ear holes. Mm, maybe he meant Reefer and just spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is called Funeral. Mm. Oh, <laughs> on brand. Hope you like it. For the fakers, for the sinners. For the homies with the finger on the trigger tackle For the takers For the takers For the takers For the takers Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Another shout out to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our theme song and those new bits of music between segments that you hum along to. They're really good, aren't they? They're so good. And do you want to make our hearts grow literally five times larger? Then go and rate us five stars on iTunes. It really helps us. It really does. Yes. 
Until next week, find us on social media. I'm Excuse My Booty with the E on Instagram, without the E on Twitter. Oh, so difficult. I'm at Teacup in the Bay on Twitter and Instagram. So consistent. Mm. And you can find me at Jamitra Says on Twitter and Instagram. Send us cute emojis. Retweet. Use hashtag TheCoolerPodcast. Accidentally hit the like button on something we posted years ago and then feel weird about it. Yay! Yay. 49 weeks deep. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.